Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. And I am excited to be here this morning, uh, endeavoring to jump into the uh, letter to the churches of Galatia. Uh, the book of Galatians, we call it today. Uh, we just started uh, today this, this uh, ongoing teaching, and we have been in the book of Ephesians for a year. Uh, it's kind of uh, strange. Last year, when Brother Larson uh, came, uh, we started the study in Ephesians, and he is going to be with us starting tonight. Uh, a year later, and we're starting the book of Galatians. And so it's easy to remember, you know, we'll, when people say, well, when did you start? Well, when did Brother Lauren come last year? So that's when we started. just turned out that way. I'm excited about him being here this weekend and what the Lord's going to say and do among us. And we're just, uh, we're just very privileged and blessed of the Lord, favored of the Lord to have these ministers come and minister to us. Uh, like they do. Uh, before we dig in today, one more time, all God's works are done in truth. A little booklet I wrote, 62 pages long, $15 will get you your copy. I promise you it'll bring much clarity to the scriptures. A lot of things people had questions about in the past that are written right in this book. It's all focused on Christ and what he's done at Calvary and how the word of God, no matter where you turn in your Bible, is always going to point to Christ and what he accomplished for us at Calvary. So once again, this is based on Psalms 33 4 that says for the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth it's been a great revelation to the body here in uh, Crossway Church and it's helped us uh, uh, understand the Bible more I'll tell you what that one scripture right there if you know what the truth is who and what the truth is Jesus and what he did at Calvary that right there will clear up a whole lot of confusion, a whole lot of uh, misunderstanding, and you will have a greater desire to study the Word because you will now understand what the Word is really all about and only about. Praise God. So, well, here we are uh, this week, November the 3rd, 2017, chapter 1, verse 1 this morning. Uh, our teaching in Galatians, there is the website right there, thecrosswaychurch.com. And our physical address is 610 Highway 59, Queen City 75572. Thank you for your financial support, your prayerful support. And those are the places where you can hit the offering basket to help support what's happening here at Crossway Church. And uh, uh, I'm just uh, always excited to be in the Word of God, whether I'm by myself or I'm with people or I'm online uh, sharing it with the world. And uh, the Lord has just been faithful to us <coughs> to save us Amen. and then years later show up and bring us out of uh, legalistic, psychological law of men, even though using his word back to the scriptures in the context in which they were written, which Jesus said they were about him. Amen? Scriptures are about Jesus. So it, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, the Comforter, he's going to teach you all truth. He's going to reveal the truth. He's going to speak of mind because Jesus is the truth. So uh, let me say it again before we get started this morning. The Holy Spirit will never come and just quote a Bible verse to you. The Holy Spirit will come and attempt to teach you the truth that's found in that Bible verse, and his name is Jesus, praise God. And the only thing that makes Jesus applicable to anybody is what he did at Calvary. That's our tie to God is through Christ, and our tie to Christ is the cross, praise the Lord. So here we are in, in uh, I almost said Ephesians, Galatians chapter 1. And uh, just let me read a couple of these header things I've got before we dig into this. Uh, and why don't we pray first and ask the Lord to bless us this morning with a, a greater revelation of his son. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to stand here before you, cleansed by the blood, not ashamed. Lord, just excited and, and rejoicing this morning that we are your children, that we do have our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that we do know you and we do understand you and we do, Lord, find the joy of the Lord in our hearts this morning because we receive your word as that of truth given to your people that we might be liberated and become free from sin and sin no longer dominating us and you and your word teaching us how to walk in that truth, how to run this race and fight this good fight of faith each and every day. Lord, we ask for edification and encouragement and strength this morning and the wisdom that only comes from heaven that we might run this race one more day and we thank you for it all in the name of Jesus amen and amen 
the letter written by Paul here to the churches in Galatia really uh, became what Martin Luther called his epistle. It's what God used to convict him. And again, it's the word of God to convict him and, and, and enlighten him and give him a revelation uh, that he was going down the wrong road. And really, that's all the Lord can do for anybody that's not got their faith firmly planted, anchored in the cross alone. All he can do is attempt to get us to see the truth, to get back to faith and grace. That's the only thing the Holy Spirit can do for us if our faith is not rightly placed. That's all he's going to attempt to do. I mean, we're going we're to get mad if our faith is misplaced when the Lord sends somebody to us in the grocery store or we're at some family outing and they begin to question us about what we believe and begin to point us back to Calvary. And, and we say, well, you know, uh, we're past that and we, we're maturing now. And, but, you know, God, the Bible teaches here in this book and we will see the narrowness of the gospel that Jesus himself taught that without faith... In the cross, there is no functioning of the Holy Spirit in our life except that in his attempt to get us back where we belong. And you think about that uh, when the Lord Jesus gave John the Apostle a letter to write to the church in Revelation that said, you've got to get back to your first love. They were out of the place where God could function, so he had to use somebody else to write a letter to them in an attempt to get them back on track because he was unable, he was outside of fellowship with them. And the Bible teaches that. So this letter to the churches in Galatia became what Martin Luther called his epistle. He said he had betrothed himself to it and it became his dagger to plunge into the papacy, the, the Roman Catholicism. It was his battle axe in his ceaseless struggle with Rome. Amen. And it's Paul's letter to the churches of Galatia was to correct error that was being presented to them by the Judaizers. And uh, I'm, I'm going to make a statement now that I actually read in a commentary by H.A. Ironside. Uh, it's his Romans and Galatians commentary, and it, it's really something that this just kind of uh, caused me to uh, really have a, a couple of deep, Thoughts, and I just stared at this thing, and, and it's this. There is something about error when once it grips the minds of people that makes it assume an importance in their minds that the truth itself never had. Think about that. Something about error when it comes along. We're so prone to jumping on something that sounds good and looks good, but it's not good. And when it grips our minds, it, it holds a place in us that truth never did have. That if truth would have had, it wouldn't have taken its place. But we're prone for error because we were born in error. We're born sinful. We're born in the flesh. And we still, even though born again and new creations in Christ, there is still who we are living in this body, a flesh body. And, and unfortunately, there's still a devil. Unfortunately, there are still people under his influence even have... Uh, made themselves ministers of what appears to be righteousness, but it calls people away from where God can function, and that's what this letter is about. And I do want to say something else before we get really started this morning, and that's that, uh, and I know some people don't really like anybody saying anything about history, but that's okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not one of them as long as we don't just preach history, as long as we preach the Word. But I will say this today. Uh, 500 years ago, as of last Tuesday, was the Reformation 500th birthday that this Martin Luther had such a conviction of the Holy Spirit of truth. That's what he had, a revelation of truth. And this truth was that we're only justified by faith. In the cross of Christ alone, nothing else. Can't add to it to be justified. If you're born again, you're as justified as anybody. 
And then I, I'm amazed at uh, in 1997 how uh, the Lord began to uh, begin another reformation in our nation and the, really the world. How uh, not only in the early uh, turn of the century, back in the early 1900s, did God begin to pour the the truth of His Word about the baptism of the Holy Spirit back into the church, but now He's pouring the truth of how to, that we're only sanctified by truth. I mean, we're right in the middle of something huge. And if you're in tune with God, you're always in the middle of something huge. But these are turns that God is able to grab a hold of the hearts of men and convict them of their own sin of unbelief and bring them back to believing what the Bible says. And it's not a, a, a Martin Luther thing. It's not a, a Brother Swaggart thing. And hear me this morning, it's not even an Apostle Paul thing. It's a Jesus thing. It's a word of God thing. It's above all men, but God has to use men. I'm amazed how we want everybody to follow our pastor, but we don't want to listen to anything that one has, even if he's telling the truth, because he's not our pastor. That's religion, my friend. So in Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, the way Paul starts out is with his calling. And let's read that this morning. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And you know, really, the only time Paul ever starts out anything having to tell everybody who he is, it's always when he's having to deal with people who... What he's been called to do is on trial. People of, are throwing rock. Well, who is he? He, he wasn't one of the twelve. He, he didn't walk on water. He, he, he didn't ever walk with Christ in his earthly ministry. So I thought they had to be an apostle. They had to walk with Christ from the time his ministry started and all these things. And he was under attack. Well, he just made himself an apostle. Why are you listening to him? And, and, and th that was the scenario here. And the only other time that Paul would, would use the description of who he was is, is when he was giving something uh, to the church that, that, they, 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 that the Holy Spirit was trying to push them into, lead them into. This, you know, and, and otherwise, he just said, Greetings, grace be unto you. And, uh, but we need to think about that I was reading in the couple of commentaries studying this uh, great book of Galatians and back in the days of Paul man there was just turbulence and friction and criticism and persecution in a horrible way and where they traveled wasn't just like us trying to walk from here 20 miles up to Texarkana that would have been a gravy train for Paul there were mountains and and seas and and freezing mountains and and caves and I mean they went through it and there was uh, him having to confront Peter and then the the, the problems they had with Barnabas and Mark and the misunderstandings. and You know what I'm talking about because we're living that today too. It may not be mountains and icy mountains and, and all this rough terrain, but man, if you're dealing with people, there's always something going on. Amen. I mean, you know, if, if you're in ministry, then you might as well get used to dealing with problems because we people... That's what we are, a problem. And so, and, and the more that, that you're attempting to allow the Holy Spirit to do through you, the more issues there are going to be because the devil cannot stand the message of the cross. He cannot stand justified by faith, sanctified by faith, because when he finds anybody who will humble themselves and just receive God's only way of the cross of Christ and accept that and, and keep their faith there, every time he sees that, he's reminded of his defeat of him his own self being stripped of the power of death by the son of God he's reminded of that you know we for years run around come on let's give the devil a black eye and we tried to shout him down and the devil's right there just shout come on shout me down you ain't doing that I'm shouting with you. but when you put your faith in the cross he sees the humility of Christ is what he sees He's always, listen, if the devil's reminded of how defeated he is, it's because he's seeing Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that defeated him. 
But the devil, he hates ministers of righteousness. That's why he makes his own ministers of righteousness that are not ministers of righteousness, but they have that form. And, and that's exactly what was going on in Paul's day. Men, the Judaizers, would follow Paul around and, and, and they would just try to uh, throw fiery darts and all that he was teaching. They come against his calling. They come against what he was saying. And listen, if you're really preaching the message of the cross, which is God's only way, somebody's chasing you down. Somebody's out there in social media by behind the scenes trying to subtly say things and, and that, that, that will try to lure you away. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. When you find somebody preaching the cross, you better tie up. You better just tie a knot in that. You better find a chair in that ministry and you better put some super glue on it and you better stay there. I don't care when you get your feelings hurt. You better stay there. Amen. Because wherever you go, you're going to have problems. You're going to find another preacher that's not perfect. So he's an apostle. And he's not called of men. Neither by man. But by Jesus Christ. And Paul had his experience on the road to Damascus. And the Lord met him there and convicted him there. And asked him, why are you, why are you persecuting me? And I always love that part of Scripture because it reminds me of how united Christ thinks that he is with us. When he represented us at Calvary and says in the Scriptures that we were crucified with him, that's the, that's the degree that he represented us so much that when our Father saw his Son dying on the cross for our sins, he represented us so well that God the Father also saw us being crucified with him. And Jesus approaches Saul before he becomes Paul and says, Why are you persecuting me? He calls us him. So we need to think about that. The Judaizers didn't know that. And when they would approach and try to uh, you know, bring Paul down, his ministry down, and, and lie to the people that had their lives affected and changed, born again, becoming the children of God, and all these great things happening by the Lord in their lives, they would tell them, well, you need to also, you know, you got to follow the law too. And it was just a thorn in Paul's flesh, and well, among many other things. Paul here, let me read the notes I've got here. Paul here is assuring the churches in Galatia that his calling as an apostle was by the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father. But he adds something at the end of verse 1 who says, who raised his son Christ from the dead. See, he adds that because Jesus is the media. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, Paul is not an apostle. And we're not saved. But the fact let me say it better. The truth that God did raise his son from the dead now makes his son the mediator of all things. This new covenant, the Bible tells us Jesus is the mediator. If, some, if we're receiving something in this new covenant that Jesus said, by the way, is in his blood, then it's going to be through Christ and by the Spirit of God. That means through our faith in the blood of Jesus... And by the Spirit of God, we're going to be receiving and walking in the benefits of the cross. And it's a very important thing. We don't preach Paul. We don't praise, uh, worship Paul. But we do thank God for what God, the Holy Spirit, was able to do in Paul and through Paul. For it was Paul God sent to us Gentiles. Amen. It was, it was the Apostle Paul who was a well-educated Jewish man. Next in line to follow after the man who was at Gamaliel or Gamaliel, however you say his name. And he was going to really be the next big guy in, in the, among the Judaizers. You know, one time a lady told me, she said, you know, God, just he, he calls people like you, Curtis, to minister to the poor. And it's back when we were poor. And people were buying my boys diapers and giving us food because we were going through financial hard times. And, and she said, but God also calls certain individuals to minister to the rich. And she was referring to a certain preacher who was wealthy. I'm sorry, you missed the boat. God does everything backwards from what we think. He takes the well-educated and sends them to the uneducated. He takes the uneducated fishermen and sends them to the educated. You know why he does that? 
because he's after glory. And listen, he, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And when this thing is all said and done, as in the way we know it now, and we're with the Lord forever and ever, we're going to look back and we're going to see just how much every little thing and all things were done for the glory of God. Not for the sake of your local church, not for the sake of the saints, but for the name of the Lord's sake. For the glory of God. And that's why God chose somebody like Paul who really had it going on in his own mind. Paul was a legend in his own mind. Just like Brother Curtis used to be. Just like we all used to be. We were a legend in our own mind. And boy, the mirror told it so. Well, look at us. And we... (laughs) And we used to think we were somebody until we met Jesus and we just kind of like the guy on Pac, the little creature on Pac-Man, we just had our little whoa, 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 We just, when we met Jesus, we died who we were. Amen. So God chooses the least likely to succeed. He chooses the base things among us to to bring down the wise. He, He always chooses what man would never choose. And I, I feel so much better about my calling now because I was least likely to succeed. I was the littlest guy. The, the least, I mean, you know, God chooses those people. If the town has chosen you as Mr. Spiritual, whoever, that means probably God hasn't because God chooses the ones that people would never choose. Paul would have never chose himself for that. When you think about what we're talking about right now, look back to Moses. When God, now at one time Moses was a legend in his own mind. And he went out as the legend in his own mind and he tried to make what he kind of knew was the will of God. Thought he knew. But he had to die to being the legend in his own mind to such a degree that when God showed up and said, you're the one, he said, nope, not me. You kind of missed it. Let go that way. I'm not the one. He tried to get out of it. Amen. Because God's looking for those that know, I can't do it. I can't do this. That's why I never wanted to pastor a church. I never did. Never had that desire. Wanted to preach. Wanted somebody else to have responsibility. Don't want that. I'll be the best associate pastor any preacher ever had. Glory to God. But that ain't what God said. That's not what God said. And we have to go God's way. And Paul had to come to terms with that. Paul had to humble himself and just believe he, listen, he was being confronted by Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. He was being confronted by the one who died and was raised from the dead and being told, you're persecuting me and here I am. I'm not dead any longer. And uh, hopefully next week we'll get into a little bit about this calling of Paul and actually what happened on the road uh, on the way to Damascus and exactly what was said there and, and what was told him later. And I'm telling you what, most people today, if they get told what Paul told, they'd, get, they'd throw the Bible in the dumpster. They'd never go to church. I ain't going through all that. You talking about all the things I'm going to do for you that I'm going to suffer for you? Oh, no. I'm going to find me a little old lazy church back over here with a lazy preacher that's just happy to preach a little 15-minute sermon, sing, sing the first, third, and the last verse of two songs, and shake a hand, and we're out of here, and that's all I'm looking for. Well, that ain't what God's got in mind, my friend, for the church today. And Paul took spiritual matters most importantly, even when he was off track and wrong, he was after living for God. He was just didn't know how and got confronted over that situation. And I believe we've all experienced that. At a time in our lives, we, we didn't want to live for God. We wanted nothing to do with him. But all of a sudden, there was a time when we were born again and, and we wanted to serve God. And we wanted to serve God with all our heart. And, you know, there's a danger in starving. There's a danger in starving because you'll just eat anything they put in front of you. I was telling Brother Keith a few days ago, man, I used to watch TBN. I knew every preacher and every moment they preached all night and all day. And when I wasn't glued into that, writing everything down, they said, because in that day to me it was all right because I didn't know what wasn't right. 
Amen. And so today we're learning, and, and, and Paul had this great calling on his life, and, and part of what God was reaching for through Paul is in this room today. Watching online today, God chose this man, Paul, and Paul went through horrendous, horrible things. Man, today if folks look at your shoes funny on Sunday morning, you won't go back to church for 12 years. And, and Paul, man, he goes through these, these horrendous things. God, the Lord did that for me and you. Amen. And what God wants to do through you is for others as well. Amen. It's always for the glory of God. And if God's being glorified, that means there's fruit taking place. And fruit is always to be seen and experienced, not just by us, but by other people. So he says, he confirms this, that the Father raised Christ from the dead. See, he has to say that because he's showing them here that Christ who died and Christ who was raised from the dead is the one who called me. He's the one who gave me this calling. He's the one who made me an apostle. I didn't make myself an apostle. And he's having to, as we've already stated, he's having to tell them this because his calling is under attack. There's lots of folks calling under attack. Now, let me tell you something, especially you ministers who would be listening and you have a small church and the big churches in town, they look down on you, they doubt your calling. Well, if he was really called, he, he, he would have went to our denomination or he would have a church like ours. Let me tell you something. Who God calls, most of the time, don't just step into something that's been flowing already 150 years Matter of fact, every time since I've gotten the revelation of the cross, every time I've heard of a preacher moving into something that was pre-existent, he is limited, very limited in what he can say. And if he's limited in what he can say in the revelation of the cross he can bring, then that means God's limited in what he can do. Amen. So the, let me tell you something. These small churches, listen, they're nothing to look down on because God is working mightily through the preaching of the cross. The message of truth. That's all he works in. That's what the Bible says. So Paul here is just confirming. I'm confirming to you that I am an apostle. I did not make myself an apostle. Don't listen to these people that are telling you that. God, the Father, and his son Jesus Christ, whom he raised from the dead, gave me what I have. And you know what? Here's the reality of this. Everybody who had the Spirit of God and was being led by the Spirit of God in that day accepted Paul. They had problems with Paul at first, but they watched him and they listened to him because the Bible says when he, listen, after, uh, uh, what was his name, that laid hands on him and he received his sight? Simon, whoever, we'll get to that. But anyway, Paul received his sight again. The Bible says he began to preach Christ immediately. I mean, when he found out what was right, he began to preach what was right. And so, I can't remember the man's name that laid hands on, on Paul and, and prayed for him. And apparently the Bible scholars are asleep this morning in here. So they got... Ananias, there it is. Glory to God. We forgot our jelly-filled donut this morning. Praise be to God. I did not have my honey bun. That's what it is right there. So Paul, they had problems with Paul. Just like they have problems with you when you haven't gone to their seminaries. You haven't gone to their, their Bible colleges. You haven't gone. You've just got your calling from the Lord. Praise God. But if you are called of God, know this, men are going to recognize it. Men are going to recognize it. But just because certain men refuse to recognize it does not mean you're not called of God. Amen. You don't really need Bible college, my friend. It's good if you can go there, but you better watch where you go. But I only know of one. I, myself, personally, only know of one on the planet that is cross-centered. That means they're Christ-centered because you're not Christ-centered if you're not cross-centered. And that's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Jimmy Swagger Bible College. That's the only one I'm aware of. I'm not talking about all these Bible colleges out there that don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they don't preach and they do not teach the Bible. Every verse of the Bible in relationship to the man who said the Bible is about me. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. 
So what you do need is the knowledge of the truth, which is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and to understand that it's the message of reconciliation. Amen. Not money and not all these other things. Money, I mean, you can talk about money if you talk about it in God's terms. But even talking about money or marriage and raising children is always going to be tied to Calvary or it's not the Holy Spirit offering. It's not the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit come, He's going to give truth about giving. Truth. Amen. So... Paul, he went through the ringer, and he and he 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 was come against on ever on ever side, just like you and I are. And, and and let me stay here for a minute, just because when God called me to preach, and I do have a bachelor's of religious theology or something like that, it's hanging on my office wall. But can I tell you, it's never done anything for me. It did, let me let me back up and correct. It did one thing for me one time. When I worked in the secular world, uh, I put in for a promotion, a job, and there was one other person that put in for it, and 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 or several maybe, but one other person that tied me. We were the top two, and because I had that degree, they gave it to me. But as far as using it for church, let me tell you something. I would never pastor a church that re that required credentials of men. Not gonna do it. Because they exalt that above what they really need. Don't care who don't like it. You got the calling of God, that's all you need. And if you are called to God, men are going to accept that. And let me say it again, men in that day, this day we're reading about, there was some that did accept Paul as who God called him. They had a problem at first, but when they saw him preaching Christ, when they saw him preaching to the ones he had desired to throw in jail and persecute earlier, God was working in them. And they finally accepted Paul through God using Barnabas to bring him in because they knew Barnabas. And you know God uses people. God has used ministers. The man that's coming here tonight, God has used him and, and, and other ministers in that ministry in Baton Rouge to, to help us. When they mention us, there are people in our region that say, wow, I didn't know there was a church there that God had back on track preaching the message of the cross. And they come in there. I mean, that's how God works. He, he wants to help you so he can help others through you. And they, and they finally, they accepted Paul. And if you're called of God, there's going to be some folks that will accept you. Amen. If nobody, nobody's accepting you, then you need to back up and re-examine. Amen. Because if you are called of God, there will be some people on this earth that know it. Amen. Paul protects his calling in which so many were easily being entertained to deny. And I have here, if you're preaching God's word in truth, there will be adversaries constantly attacking there are people in every town where there's a cross-preaching church. The other churches, from a, a lofty position of pride, look down on them. A lady, last weekend, we had a fellow who was on the streets passing out tracks, and he tried to give this lady a track, and she said, Oh, I know where you go to church. I know about y'all, but we're spirit-filled. And these churches, a lot of them, this charismaniac and this Pentecostal stuff, I'm talking about the false Pentecostal. I'm talking about the legalistic Pentecostal and these charismaniacs running around all, don't care about the word. They just need a move of God, a quiver, shiver, and a quake, and a shake to go. That's all they're interested in. They don't want to know the truth. They're not interested in the truth. You know, and when they see people like us, do you know what they equate us to? Because I was there and I did this. I speak from experience. The lady that said that is in the church, goes to the church we used to go to 16, 17 years ago. They think what I thought when I first heard the message of the cross and turned the radio off. I said, why? Why are they preaching the cross? We're so far beyond that today. We're going on into the deep things. And that's what they think. They equate us, and I ain't being ugly to the Baptist denomination, but that's, oh, they've gone back to just being old Baptist people that don't do nothing but talk about just justification all the time. That's what they think. That's what I thought. You know, I'm past that. I'm, I'm charismatic now. And I know that's the thought process there. They're not interested in truth. And that's what God gave Paul to give us is truth. Hmm. 
When the law is ministered as obsolete, the keepers of the law will always kick and scream all along your way of liberty from the law. God liberated us from the law, and he doesn't want us going back to the law. We were once married to the law, shut up unto the faith, under law, bound under law. And there's a lot of things we could say about law this morning, and we will later on because this whole book is really about law and grace. So, and we're going we're to hear a lot of good things in this great letter here. But, but when the law is ministered as obsolete like Paul did, Paul, we're not responsible. We're, I mean, that's not what saves. The law can't save us. And when he began to talk about we just follow Christ alone, man, that, was no, that caused no small stir. And we can sit around and use whatever terminology we want to, and it won't ever describe the horrors that they went through to get this gospel out, to keep going. Today, man, if the people leave the church and take their money, the preacher will be uh, prone to, well, uh, maybe I do need to get away from this for a while. I'm telling you, there's things that hold preachers captive. Relationships, money, a false unity. Mm. Apostle means he that is sent. It's a delegate. An apostle is a delegate. And really the plainest purest message or definition of an apostle is a messenger one sent by God an apostle with a message he's a delegate from God and you know what God gave Paul made him an apostle and gave him a message that nobody else had nobody else had. that's another th- reason they were hollering <laughs> who does he think he is that's what they're saying about Brother Swagger and anybody else today that's preaching the message of the cross for sanctification. Well, who do they think they are? I've tried to give people Exposure Study Bible before. Two people in, in this uh, 12 years we've been, or a little longer now, walking in this truth. And, and uh, one woman asked me for a Bible, and I had one with me. I was up in uh, Michigan, and I gave it to her. The next day she brought it back and said, I believe you can just give this to somebody else. I'll find a different one. She didn't like it because it had Brother Swaggart's name on it. <clears throat> She's not after the truth. She's trying to find somebody she can follow. But let me tell you something. If you're not following somebody that's got the truth, then you're following one of Satan's false ministers. And another one I gave an expositor study Bible, and uh, which is the best Bible on the planet, by the way, that tells got every prisoner, all, not ever, but almost all the prisoners, the inmates that write us requesting a Bible, uh, say, I saw my friend's Bible, and he let me read it, and it makes the Bible easy to understand. Because all the notes... In the Expositor's Study Bible by Jimmy Swaggart are focused on Christ and what he did at Calvary, constantly pointing people to the cross. Now there, and, I, and, I, and I offered it to another young lady, and, and she said, why do I have to have that Bible? I said, well, you don't have to have that Bible. But I said, that's a good Bible. The notes in it are concerning Christ and what he did at Calvary. All the scriptures are, are going to be found in the balance of that. That's the common denominator of Genesis through Revelation. It's Christ and the cross. I mean, we talk about a, a, a thread of blood that runs through the scriptures, but when confronted with our preaching or, and our teaching and why are we not listening to that, then we get offended. But Paul was a messenger. And I know a lot of you listening have heard this time and time again, but it's worth saying again, especially for those who haven't. God didn't give the message of the cross, the revelation of the cross. What really happened at the cross to Peter, John, James, Jude, Andrew, Philip, he didn't give it to them. He gave it to Paul. Without him giving to Paul what he gave to Paul, the apostle, this messenger of the Lord Jesus Christ, we wouldn't know how to live for God. And if you don't know how to live for God, that means you're still under law. See, the message of grace comes with the revelation of the cross of Christ. Because without the knowledge of what really happened at Calvary, you're going to be in bondage all your life. And let me add this this morning. You can be saved and on your way to heaven if you believe Christ died for your sins. It's that simple. I don't care what any other person's told you, you have to do this. You have to, that's a lie. According to God's word, he that believes and calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
If you believe you're a sinner and Christ died to save you from your sins, then you can be saved. But listen to me this morning. Until you learn that you also were crucified with him, you'll never live in victory. And that comes through the apostle Paul by the Spirit of God. He didn't give that revelation to anybody else. And that's why they were having a problem with this. Don't listen to him. He's not Peter. What are you talking about? You were crucified with Christ. What are you talking about? All these things. That's not Peter. That's a, I mean, that's what they said in that day. I mean, people are saying that today, using Brother Swaggart and other ministers even in the wrong way. What are you going to that church for? That ain't Brother Swaggart. Well, it ain't got to be Brother Swaggart. It's got to be the Word of God in truth. Amen. We get caught up in men. Didn't they have the problem in the early church? Well, you, you know, y'all uh, saying y'all of Apollos, and some saying y'all of Brother Curtis, and some saying y'all of Brother Mark, and some saying y'all of... Listen, I really don't have any followers myself. Everybody that thinks they're following me is really following the one I'm following. <clears throat> Apostle, he that is sent, delegate, a messenger... And you know what? All the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, especially these, what we would call today the five-fold giftings and the, 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 the prophet, the, 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 the uh, apostle, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, and those things, <coughs> they're all representing Jesus because he is our, our apostle. And I've got that here in the scriptures in Hebrews 3 and 1, if you're taking note. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ was our apostle. He is our apostle. He's the one that came from heaven with a message that he's the son of God, the lamb of God that's come to take away the sin of the world. He's the light of the world. He's the bread of life. He is everything that we're looking for. He was our messenger from God. Well, what do you mean, Brother Curtis? He, he came with a message. He was the living word of God. The word of God was living as Christ Jesus the word of God that was God was made flesh. John 1 and 1 in verse 14 as well. The word who is God was made flesh. The word of God was living among us. Think about that. The, the disciples got a hold of that. You know, John wrote about that. We have handled the word of God. We hail the word of God. It meant in the flesh, Jesus, the son of God, the word of God. We hailed him. We touched him. Man, we're going to get to one day. We touch him by faith right now. And, and Jesus really taught that that's more special. Though you, you believe, Thomas, because you've seen. But more blessed are those who believe and have not seen. We're more blessed than Thomas who could touch his physical body. We're more, that's what Jesus taught. So we ought to be excited over that. Jesus was our apostle. He's the one that came with the message, and every message must come through him. If it doesn't come through him, it's not from God. Because he is, the Bible says in Hebrews, what is it, one and one, that in times past and in diverse and various manners God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he speaks to us by his Son. By his son. If it's not Jesus speaking to us, if he's not leading us by his spirit, then it's not from the Lord. And let me say something again this morning that these people that are teaching some kind of progressive revelation outside the word of God, Paul taught in his day, if you believe any other gospel than what I've already preached, it was a, given to Paul with a period on it, not a comma. There was no comma when God gave Paul what he, got, what he gave Paul. And he had such a revelation that he had to have a thorn in his flesh. Mm. And I know there are a lot of men running around today trying to call something they got a thorn in their flesh because they got some greater than Paul revelation of God. Let me tell you something. You got a thorn in, in your flesh from the devil and he's whooping you upside the head with deception. Amen. Jesus is our apostle. He's the one that came. 
He's the first one that God sent to deliver us. The last one that God would send to deliver. He is the first and the last. Amen. Praise God. So Paul here in, uh, is in this first verse is... is He's guarding over what God's called him to be. He's, what's the word? He's uh, protecting it. He's, he's uh, confirming to them again, I am who God says I am. Whether you, whether you believe it or not, that'll, that'll be up to you. And see, Paul, you know, and I got a little revelation the other day studying some of these commentaries on Galatians. Paul, man, it wasn't like today. They'd go somewhere and they'd preach the gospel. There'd be some people saved. Not long after, they'd make elders of the church. And man, they weren't waiting to see if they were good businessmen. They, man, they just, that, that's all they had. The people that got saved right there. And these were up in mountains and all kind of stuff. And, and you know, we, we go to the Philippines and, and I went up in the mountains and I'm like, well, it'd be good if they could have what we have. And, and we're thinking along the natural lines. They can have everything we got spiritually up in them mountains, them poverty stricken mountains. If they'll believe in Christ, God can do a work right there in them little old bamboo huts. They don't need brick. They don't need pine. They don't need poplar. And all they need is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God can turn everything around and begin to save. I mean, we, we, you know, we wait to go to church till we get it all right. We waited. We waiting too late. Or we may never go. But it wasn't like it is today. Just a church on every corner and all of them at odds with each other. And uh, it, it was rough in Paul's day. And he was having to guard the gospel and protect the gospel and learn the gospel as he was receiving it by the Spirit of God and, and, and guard over the calling that God... Man, Paul had more of an opportunity to quit than anybody. I mean, folk chasing him down, literally wanting to kill him. I ain't talking about like we got today, people over talking bad about us, saying don't go to Crossway Church. They're just a bunch of uh, blind, but all they talk about. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about people wanted to get their hands on him, tie him up and kill him. They even stoned him once and left him for dead because the devil can't stand this message. And it's going to get worse. Sometimes we th see things on Fox News and we go, uh, or on some news channel, and we say, how in the world could America be that bad? Well, you better get ready. Trump or no Trump, things are going to get horrible because that's just the time we're living in. Thank God for the turnaround in certain areas we're seeing, but the Bible says when they cry, peace, peace. Oh, great peace. Sudden destruction because we can't do anything without Jesus. And when we think we are doing something, we're not doing anything except sowing into our own selves the destruction that's coming. Paul, through the leading of the Spirit, reveals to the church, the apostle is placed first in rank in leading the church as like the prophets were in the Old Testament. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 27 and 28. And the Bible says, Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, watch this, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And, but notice the scripture here says first apostles because Christ is our representative as an apostle. He, and, and he calls the apostle Paul an apostle, gives him to the Gentiles. And notice this, Paul was called to the Gentiles, but where did Paul go first every time he went to a new town? To the Jews, to the synagogues, because he was one. And his heart longed to get them out of that bondage, that place where they, they were lost. They thought they were worshiping God and serving God. And listen, they, and it's the same God we worship, but they did not have an avenue to him. Christ is the only avenue to the Lord God Almighty. Ephesians 4.11 says, And he gave some, talking about the gifts to the church, and he gave some apostles, there it is listed first again, and some prophets, prophets again, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Apostles lead the way in the church today. And I know there's a big discussion over, are there any more apostles? And listen, and let me just say this, 
If there are apostles today, they're not like the apostles of the first 12 and Paul. Given authority by the Holy Spirit to write Scripture. Such a revelation. I believe personally that there are apostles today that God gives a message and God uses and God begins to structure His people with that message once again. But it all is based on the Word of God already given through the prophets and the apostles. It cannot be a new revelation that is contrary to the Word of God. We are to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to grow in our understanding and our revelation of Christ, the Bible says. But let me say it again <coughs> this morning. What God gave Paul had a period behind it, not a comma. Right. So if, if everybody that thinks there's only a comma after Paul's teaching is really saying that God really didn't give us enough. And Jesus, Jesus says this. We need to grasp this today. I've told you everything the Father told me to tell you. Outside the Word of God, you don't need to know. But mostly, anything you could name is covered in the Word of God. And if you don't think it is, dig deeper. But don't forget, you've got through the blood if you're going to find anything. Amen. There is nothing that God is going to bring to the church that's new, that hasn't already been. Another scripture comes to mind right now. There's nothing new under the sun. That's not just talking about worldly stuff. That's talking about what God has offered the church. Jesus said, it is finished. There's the period. And now all he had to do was reveal it to somebody, and he did. Paul, and Paul said, if any man comes along after me, even an angel from heaven. You see, Joseph Smith should have been a Bible believer. He would have said, I don't know who you are, but I ain't listening to you preach any other gospel than what I've preached. Let them be accursed. Mm. The Lord does call apostles, prophets, teachers. It's so, we're so easy to say God don't have apostles, but then we accept pastors. They're all in the church today, I believe. Now, I don't believe these people that go around calling themselves apostles and try to give you a card, I'm an apostle and, and I'm a prophet, and, and I don't believe men like Ken Copeland, I don't even believe Ken Copeland's saved, but I don't surely believe he's a, he, he ain't no prophet of God, he's a prophet of, of the other false God, the God of this world. Now, I have my biblical reasons for knowing that. Amen. Amen. So, Paul here, he says he. He tells them who, this is Paul writing you guys now. This is Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Think about that. Raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Churches. Notice this. We're going to talk about this. This letter was one sent that it might have a circuit. This letter written was written so it might go to the churches, make copies or read it, write it down, pass it on, whatever. And it was written to the churches because Paul, on his journey previously, had started these churches. Paul, with the gospel, he didn't start the church without the message of Christ being crucified, buried, and resurrected so that you could be forgiven of your sin and become a child of God. Amen. All the, but notice something here Paul doesn't do in this letter that he does in most of his others. He doesn't name anybody. He just says the brethren. And there, I believe there's a reason for that. I believe that reason is all the turmoil, all the tribulation. Sometimes, sometimes we, we don't mention people's names because we know people have a problem with certain people's names. So we just preach the truth and we don't bring any names into it. And, and I'm going to tell you, that helps. There's some people that are so immature and so weak, they heard brother so-and-so on the radio and they just can't stand him or anything to do with him. I just want the truth. 
and uh, we just get up and preach the truth, and every once in a while, when you say some brother so-and-so's name, you can tell they begin to scream. We used to have an elder in our church that used to love Brother Swaggart, locked their house up for a whole semester, went to Baton Rouge for Bible college, came back, loved the truth, was pouring the truth into me. The Spirit of God was through them. Took me to hear Brother Lauren Larson for the first time in uh, uh, Nashville, Arkansas. And I mean, just on fire for God, just to get to the point a few years later to when I would mention Brother Swaggart, they would just squirm in their chair like he don't know everything and just got to the point where they just were offended with that ministry. And they, you know, and, and what if that happens, you move on. But unfortunately, when you move on, you move out. I'm not talking about you move out of the will of God just because you leave a church. Most of y'all watching probably have left a church, and rightfully so, because they weren't focused on Christ and the cross. But people, you know, he left, I believe he left names out here because of, there were things going on, as I said earlier this morning. That, I mean, things were, I mean, he had, to, he had had to confront Peter face to face. Uh, that, that affected other people when that happened. When you stand in the truth and bring correction, there's going to be people that don't like that. First of all, they wasn't raised right. They never got a spanking, so now they don't like being spanked spiritually. That's where you find a lot of your problems in the church today. They weren't raised up properly by their parents. Now when the Lord tries to discipline them, they ain't got a clue about it. They ain't taking it. Bless God, they've done what they've wanted to all their life. Ain't no preacher going to tell me. I remember a preacher preaching one time on race being, uh, it was, the message was about being prejudiced, prejudging, racism, and all these things. And, and I'll never forget standing in the foyer after church. And this was a, a man in leadership in the church we were in. And he, in the foyer, made some racist comment about another ethnic group of folks. And his daughter standing there, who was a teenager, said, Dad, didn't you hear what the preacher preached? And he said, I don't care what the preacher preached. I'm telling you, we, the church today is very sick and crippled because they've not really accepted the message Paul offers. They've not accepted it. I mean, <coughs> I've watched ministers get excited about studying the journeys of Paul instead of the message he was preaching on his journeys. Wanting to be more knowledgeable in where he went and what time he was there and how long he stayed and who was with him. and <laughs> That ain't going to help you. It might be interesting to know, but it ain't going to help you. I don't care who you are. So, well, that can help somebody. How's it going to help you? Knowing where he's at and how long he stayed there. Where he went next. Come on, man. All that's important is receiving what Jesus gave through him to them people that he wrote and was given to us. Amen. Now, I know ministers like that. They can tell you where Paul, and it's okay if you know that and you want to study that and look at it, but it can't help you spiritually. It might encourage you to know Paul went through what he went through to get, be able to, for the Lord to be able to get to us what we've got today. But all that stuff's irrelevant. Obviously, Paul had some brothers with him, which is encouraging, especially during all the disagreements with Peter and Barnabas and Mark and all the problems they had. You know, in the church today, especially for ministers, there's always going to be a problem outside the church coming at them and inside the walls. The problems are never ending. For Paul, it wasn't just the Judaizers, but it was even those who had... Paul had ministered to who were now going back under law. So you're totally surrounded by constant wrong if you're a Christian who's walking in the truth. Amen. And I have here, I've already said this, but maybe he didn't mention who these brothers were with him because of turmoil that had gone on among them prior to this time. And as I said, sometimes it's best just not to mention names. You're talking about baby Christians. You know, it ain't important uh, who said this and who said that. Just tell them the truth. You know, and if you know somebody's name offends somebody, you shouldn't have the attitude of, well, bless God, they just going to have to get over it. No, we need to treat babies. I don't try to stuff a T-bone down a six-month-old throat. Well, he needs to learn how to eat it, bless God. No. 
we deal with individuals based on where they are. And can I say this morning in closing, there's only one message that can deal with us all at every place we find ourselves in life, and that's the gospel. It's the good news for every level. Babies maturing, more mature, more... ...is the message that will touch us all wherever we are, bring us along from wherever we are, and bring us together tighter than we've ever been. It's the only message, and Paul was bringing that to the church. And when you attempt to be in a church preaching that message, to follow a preacher preaching that message, to sow your finances into a ministry that's declaring the truth of God, you're going to be under attack. And not just from the Judaizers of our day, not just from the fleshly folks in our midst, but even in our own flesh, in our own self. But the Lord is faithful. Don't forget to join us every Friday morning right here at 9 o'clock. We're in the book of Galatians now, and I'm excited about it. So until next week, uh, be here. No, I don't think we'll be here next week. We'll have a little break next week. I'll be in Lima, Ohio, ministering in a couple of churches up there. So God bless you. We love you, and we're praying for you and expecting the great things we know the Lord has planned for you. Amen.